Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Daily Thread. We have an action-packed episode today. A lot of news stories to cover. So our first story to cover for today, um, I think broke this morning from The Daily Thread, or stop uh, stop anti-Semitism on Twitter. If you Google the word Jew, this is yeah. <clears throat> still right now, if you Google the word Jew, the yeah. definition that comes up, to bargain with someone in a miserly or petty way. That is right. the current definition of Jew. Did, 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 are, you, are, you, are you Googling it right now? Where do you see that? I, I think someone sent it to me. Google it. Go ahead. Search Jew. <laughs> Go. Search Jew. I think Mrs. sent it to me earlier today. Uh, you see look. it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Dictionary. Jew. What dictionary is that? Oh, from Oxford Languages. Bargain with someone in a miserly or petty way. Yeah. Well, Ain't so that something? What do you think of that? I don't know. I mean, first of all, Google, you got to get it right. This has already been up for definitely quite a few hours. I don't know if someone – like, what? what is that? How is that? How is that still up? Is that is that anti-Semitic? You think, or is that a tribute to the Jews? What do you uh, think? Well, listen, it's not a, it's not meant to be a compliment, you know. No, I don't think uh, so. Yeah, but let me see. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. I'll I'll point it out in a second. That's funny too. But uh, listen, uh, the Jews get. Uh, let me have that. The Jews get blamed for uh, uh, a lot of things. Um, I, I told you. I said on this program months ago. I think. I used to work. I used to work for uh, fundamentalist Christians for a radio station that was owned by Christians back in the um, late 1980s and early 1990s. And you yeah. know, they believe what, what the Bible says about the relationship between the non-Jews and the Jews. They believe that uh, those that bless you will be blessed, and those that curse you will be cursed. Uh, so they try to be as good as possible uh, to the Jews, but. Um, I don't know. There's there's, there's something uh, crazy going on. Um, uh, like for example, the Washington Post uh, in a story today uh, did a story about an outbreak of measles in Ohio. Okay. There's an outbreak of measles. In, what they used for a picture in the story? A picture of Haredi Jews walking in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> in Ohio, though. Yeah. Well. Yeah. The story, the story's about it's a measles outbreak in Ohio for whatever reason. Somebody came there with the measles and they passed it around in a in a school or whatever. So to illustrate the story in the New York in the Washington Post today, they um, they they showed a picture of uh, Haredi Jews walking in uh, uh, in Brooklyn. In terms of um, in terms of that uh, definition in the dictionary, it's 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 not meant to be flattering, um, but right. at the same but at the same time. But at the same time that the non-Jewish world uh, sees the Jews as being able to um, effectively, uh, you know, successfully handle money, uh, that's one thing. It's also historically, there's been a lot of countries, believe me, uh, especially in the, immediate, in the immediate aftermath of the Holocaust, that did not want their Jews to leave. They did not want their Jews to leave because uh, they felt that it would hurt their economy. Yeah, fact, I, 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 we, I know. I remember we discussed that. I'm just honestly stuck in the fact that Google has that as a definition. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. If it was, I mean, that would never, it would never fly for even five seconds about any other religious uh, sect no, or race. But, uh, but you have, you have to take a step back and look at the big picture. 
in 1490. Why? In 14, <laughs> in, Why? In, Why? In 1492, when uh, King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella expelled all the Jews from Spain who refused to convert to Catholicism, to uh, Christianity, um, they had a finance minister who was a great uh, Torah commentator, the Abarbanel. I'm sure you heard of him. And the Abarbanel was the man who was in charge of the economy in in Spain at the time. They wanted all the Jews to be expelled who didn't want to convert to uh, Christianity, except the Abarbanel. He was able to stay. They allowed him to okay. stay. Okay, but you know what he did? You know what he did? He led he the Jews. He, he was the first one to leave. He led the Jews out of out of Spain. He wasn't going to stay behind because uh, the Spanish Inquisition, because they wanted Jews to uh, uh, to convert to, to Christianity. Um, mm. Listen, as far as that dictionary definition is concerned, I think that um, they have a lot of explaining to do. And um, yeah, so yeah, um, an- another notable story is that four thousand flights canceled over the weekend. Twenty five hundred of them from Southwest Airlines. Um, wow. Yeah. Now, what was that's, that? That was, that was because of the ice storm? I'm guessing that's because of the ice. Um, and to be honest, places like Nashville and different parts of Tennessee were, were, were even places like Seattle were hit with ice storms. Places that are not, you know, really used to getting such weather completely like handicapped by the weather this weekend. So um, flights were grounded, which is, you know, on, on the weekend that has probably the most traveling of the year is a nightmare. You know, uh, well, New Year's, Christmas time is the most traveling of the year for these airports. I don't know about their luggage. It seems like luggage is, is all over the place. Uh, well, my sister yeah. left, was somewhere in her she said yeah. Newark Airport looked like an absolute, like yeah. there's just luggage everywhere. Um, Guess what? The, South, yeah. the Southwest CEO, Bob Jordan, told the Wall Street Journal that yeah. the airline would operate just over a third of its usual schedule to allow crews to get back to where they need to be. We had a, we had a tough day today, he said, and all likelihood we'll have another tough day tomorrow as we work our way out of this. Uh, this is the largest scale event that I've ever seen. Can you imagine going to work and be like, yesterday was a tough day. Tomorrow will also probably be a tough day. <laughs> like, oh, that's, a, that's great. Well, listen, it's, they, airlines have a way of being able to lose your luggage on a beautiful day, too. What's that? Airlines have a way of being able to lose your luggage on a beautiful day, too. That is true. You know, we've, true. Had, we've had that. I had that last summer when I was flying to Israel. On the flight, a guy came over to me and kneeled down his side and said, uh, Mr. Gordon, by the way, your luggage is not on this flight. It's on another flight. Well, that's so... That's very comforting to hear in the middle yeah. of the year, huh? Uh, uh-huh. Well, I, I don't know. I can't imagine what he wanted to tell me, but that's what he told me. And yeah. uh, it took about a day. It took about a day, but we got our luggage eventually. I mean, everything is tagged. Yeah. Everything's computerized. It's pretty difficult to lose it. Yeah, that's pretty difficult. Um, another headline from Yeshiva World, over 150 Jews stranded in Moldova after forcibly removed from a flight. Yeah, uh, right. Shockingly disgraceful conduct and due to its own error, Moldo- uh, a Moldovan airline on Sunday removed all the passengers, mostly from Jews, from a flight to Israel and forcibly expelled them from the airport. The incident occurred due to an error by Air Moldova, which registered two passengers with the same name as one person. As a result, when the passengers board the plane, one was left without a seat. Arguments began and the ensuing chaos. The pilot decided he was quitting and they canceled the flight. At that point, all the passengers, most of them Israelis who had spent Shabbos, Hanukkah, and Uman, were removed from the flight and then expelled from the airport. One of the passengers told Bechadre Haredim, 
They treated us like dogs. Police officers used a stun gun on one of the passengers. I don't have wow. any pictures to show you because whoever took out a phone was immediately pounced on by officers. The police then began physically removing us from the terminal. Wow. I don't exciting, know what to say. Exciting times the, around the world. How was the, uh, the weather in Moldova? Uh, I don't know, but I don't know what the weather was like in Moldova. I'm, I'm assuming it's probably cold. Um, well, I know, I know the shliach in Moldova. Um, you know. Yeah, well, it uh, says here that they 150 from Jews were stuck at the airport without food. Uh, Chabad in Moldova. Um, they Rabbi went. Zusha, they, they, Rabbi Zusha Abelski. He's in Moldova. You're in Moldova. This yeah. says Rav Gutzel and Rav Axarod. Okay, they're there too. I guess. They've been very yeah, busy. Well, they, since uh, the war bro- they've been very busy since the war broke out in, in Ukraine. Oh, and also said on Monday morning, Ravabelsky was also called by Moldo- Moldovan government officials and airport officials, re- affi- airport officials requesting that he assist the stranded passengers. He invited them to the great synagogue of Kishnev, whose renovation was completed in recent weeks. To eat <sighs> hot meals, Davin, to, to eat hot meals, Davin in the Benin and receive any assistance they needed. So yeah, a lot of Jews were stranded in Moldova. Um, you can have a few pictures here. I'll show on the screen. I don't know. I personally like. I don't know about you. I don't travel that much. I don't. I don't. I don't like. You're not gonna find me in Moldova. You're not gonna find me in Kishinev. You're not gonna find me in. Uh, well, honestly, you might, any uh, most of these no, places. Well, that that's so far. You might. Uh, your curiosity might be piqued. You might want to travel to these places someday and uh, do your part to to help out the Jews in those areas. You may be on your way someplace else with a stopover in Moldova. Where were these people going from? Moldova was the destination. Where were they going? They were in. I think they were in Uman for Shabbos Hanukkah. Uh huh. Wow. And they were, they were going back to Israel. Yeah. So they didn't fly from Uman. They probably went by bus or train from Uman to Moldova, which is the border with Ukraine, and then flew from Moldova. Tried to fly anyway from Moldova to Israel. I guess so. All right, listen. You got to have a good travel agent that knows what he's doing at the end. Of the day. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, I guess. Any, I anybody guess. that anybody that tries to book you on Air Moldova, maybe you should, should you try somebody else. See if they have yes, any idea. Yeah. But JetBlue doesn't drive, doesn't go to Moldova. I don't think. I, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I see uh, uh, my third story for today. I think it's a third story. Is yeah. uh, via Bar Bar Park Twenty Four. Mrs. Yeah. Ilana Shik, uh, Barclay Nema, she's the eldest woman in Bar Park. She passed away uh, today. Um, she was 108 years old. Yeah. And she vividly recalled the Karastir of her youth and the holy sage of Karastir, Shiloh of Karastir. She would sit on her porch, it said, and, and realize that we had a gem within our midst. And she said, I would urge people from the neighborhood to go and meet this special woman. Uh, she would speak about the special times back home in Karastir the way her family would like Hanukkah Lich, the Pesach Sedarim. Um, it's really amazing. The Leviah took place uh, yesterday morning in Shermayadash. She passed away, I think, a couple days ago. The Leviah took place uh, on Monday morning in Shermayadash, 108 years old. She's the oldest woman in Bar Park. So she knew uh, she had Reb Meisha. Reb Shaila ben Reb Meisha, yeah. Shaila ben Meisha. She had Reb Meisha. That, you know, that's the, those are the magic words very often. <laughs> of Shaila, who's of Shia? Shaila, oh Shaila, 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 Shaya. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't yeah. know, you, you don't know him so well. You don't have to call him Shaila. You can call him Shaya. You know, you are, you are, oh, yeah? you are his buddy. Anyway, I, I'll give you. I'll, if you have any other stories, there's a story here about 
an ISIS terrorist he, who was responsible for those those uh, bombings in the bus stop yeah. that, that killed that kid and another man. Arya Shupak, yeah. Right. Anyway, he studied engineering at a Jerusalem college uh, for five oh, years. Wow. He's a student here. Okay, he's a terrorist behind deadly Jerusalem bombing, studied at Azrieli College of Engineering in the capital, and he was employed at an Israeli factory. And he said they didn't. He says he most they mostly cheated on on all of his tests. He used to ask other students in the school if they could help him with the answers. But he attended the school for five years. Here's a picture of him. I don't know if that helps you over there. You can get it off of uh, Aritz Sheva. But, I'll get uh, it. Yeah. That's a sad. Uh, that's a sad state of affairs. Unfortunately. Well, but, you know, you know how 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 does someone like that get into an Israeli college? Listen, you know the miracle of Israel, Nahi, is. You know, the populations are not separated. They're very, very intertwined. They're very, very mixed. Uh, you go walk in the tourist areas where we hang out these days, you know, in the area of the Citadel, the Waldorf, the old city, the Mamila Mall, and so on and so forth. You see Arab young men going back and forth. You have Arab women dressed in, you know, traditional, uh, customary uh, Arab uh, headdresses. The, uh, what's it called? They wear on their head again. Burka? The bur- they're not, not just the burkas, but uh, you, you, they're, they're intermingled with the rest of the population. They're shopping in Zara. They're shopping in well, Abba, how, uh, how are you supposed to identify someone who's an ISIS terrorist and someone who's just, you know, just another Arab that's, you know, working in Mamilo or working in the Waldorf? Like, this guy went to an Israeli college. He got his education in Israel, uh, in, in Jerusalem, and he used that education – to commit an attack against Israelis. Yeah. All right, listen, this is what, this is, you know, we were walking down Jaffa Road before uh, and coming back to the hotel. And, you know, there's two Arab women, obviously Arab women sitting, having a conversation, drinking a cup of coffee, like nothing's happening. You and me, let's try to go into Ramallah and sit down at a coffee shop and just have a conversation, see how long we're going to last. Doing it's the that. biggest double standard. It's the biggest. It's the biggest well, double yeah, standard. And listen, it's a big problem, and it's been pointed out that way for I don't know for decades. It's always been like that. Maybe for a hundred years, it's been like that. But um, that's what it means. That's part of what it means to be a, a Jew in the in the world today. That is, um, listen. Anytime something like this happens, that the attack, it's it's troubling and it's awful. Um, but to hear that someone like this was educated um, by an Israeli college is just, I, I, you know, I'm not saying I side with people like Itamar Ben-Gvir, um, but I imagine Itamar Ben-Gvir's uh, viewpoint and his stance would uh, prevent stuff like this happening, no? Yeah, well, uh, listen, Itamar Ben-Gvir, the, the new government is going to be sworn in on Thursday. Israel Ben Gvir is going to be a minister of public security. He's going to be in charge of the police. He wants the Israelis to be safe. He's not a bad. He doesn't want a bad thing. He wants a good thing. Of course, yeah, and as he should, because the you know what, and again, people might say, "Oh, you guys don't live in Israel. Who are you to discuss what's going on in Israel?" Um, but like, I think this is a, uh, I think this is a discussion that that we could have. I think the fact of the matter is that. Um, you can't have you can't have this going on under your own. You, we, Israel can't be concerned about winning over the uh, the 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 viewpoint of the United Nations or politi- politicians yeah, around the world uh, yeah, yeah. and you saying, can't. "Oh no, we 
we let that we we have Arabs here and we love them and we give them because if those Arabs are going to turn around and and use the education and use the resources that you give them to create bombs and to commit attacks against your people, you can't, it's, not worth, uh, it's not worth one life. You can't run a country the same way you run a popularity contest, you know. And the people here, uh, the people here last month voted um, for a right-wing government, a solid sixty-four. So, what does that tell you about the people the in Israel? Government. It tells you they're a little bit fed up. Listen, I heard Netanyahu say that um, in terms of what the priorities are of the new government is, what do Israelis want? He said the number one thing that Israelis want is security. One. Yeah. Then that's followed long, 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 far away, long, far away after security. Not even close is the economy. That's they. They want to have jobs. They want to have what to eat. They want to have where to live. Uh, they want to have secure jobs and so on and so forth. But that's number two. Nothing else yeah. that you that you have is worth anything if you don't have security. If you can't go, can't, if the kids can't get on the bus in the morning and go to school safely, if you can't walk down the street at night and anywhere in the country and uh, feel safe and secure. So that's uh, that's number one. That's what that's what Netanyahu is committed to, uh, you know, safety and and security. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good thing. Yeah, you know, it's it's you know to switch over to here in in America. I actually was yesterday in Roosevelt Field Mall, and so yeah. was Nissan in, it was in Roosevelt Field. Yeah, yeah, it was open, and there was there was a, a lot of people there. Um, really? And just literally hours after we left, there was an active shooter. <laughs> In the mall, um, I don't. I don't. I, I yeah. I don't believe that any any shots were fired, um, but in the food court where literally we were standing hours before, uh, a fight broke out and someone pulled a gun, so that triggered an active shooter in the mall. Um, you saw. You, you saw it. You saw the fight. No, I we were I, I we were already gone by then. It happened probably around six forty six thirty p.m. Yeah, and we were out of there. We were out of there by three. So. But there was there was thousands of people in that mall, and it's just like it really the world has become in such a way that you you can't just you can't go places with a lot of people without thinking well it's, maybe someone here is crazy you know like well there are, crazy, just, there, are, there are crazy people all over the place no question about it and that's that's probably one of the biggest dangers especially in New York that's uh, and that's that's like one of the biggest impacts of terrorism is that it just doesn't it doesn't cause terror just in the moment. It causes terror forever. You know, people can't go to a movie theater anymore and sit down and 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 relax and watch a movie without the fear of someone coming in and and and, and wreaking yeah, havoc. Nothing, you know, nothing. like but, but you know, but it's not about but it's not about guns. You know, uh, you know, we're here in Israel, by the way. Our cousin uh, Yochanan Brook is here with his wife and children. Uh, we were sitting together uh, having coffee, and of course, his brother is in Bosman, Montana. Uh, Chaim Sholbrook. And uh, Chaim Scholz told me many times that in the state of Montana, where there's 900,000 people living in the entire state, there happens to be two things to note on that subject. Number one, uh, with the 900,000 people who are the population of the entire state, there are 25 million registered guns, okay? And along with the 25 million registered (laughs) guns and the 900,000 people, guess what? There's no crime. So there's, there's no crime to speak yeah, so of. You, uh, how about you ask the moose if there's no crime? I think they'll tell you there's crime. No, so, no, okay. it, it, kill, kill a moose. 25 a million, that's, that's 27 guns per person. Okay. People need their guns. <laughs> people, people need their guns. 
<laughs> why? How, how, many why guns is... do you, how many guns do you have? I have I'm zero. Not, I'm not talking about water guns. I'm talking about real guns. These muscles? Yeah. You know, I see you didn't do such a good job cleaning up the office. I'm getting you. there. We're, we're, we're shipping out the stuff today. We're shipping out stuff, and that's 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 why the mess is here. But $25 million, I, Listen, I want to say you need 25 million guns, and to be honest, gun control is a whole other discussion and argument, which is even dangerous to talk about because of – you know the different viewpoints well, and the way. Well, Nahi, people people use guns for different things. People use it as a defensive uh, piece of equipment to defend themselves and their families. They use it for hunting, which is a big sport. Okay, there's different types of guns, and uh, you take a you take a state like Montana, like I said, there's under a million people with 25 million registered guns. Um, it just goes to show you that this business in New York, every time there's a a violent crime, blaming it on guns is wrong. It's not the yeah. guns. It's not the, it's not the guns that hurt anybody. It's the crazy people that hurt the people. So I, so there, there was after a recent um, mass shooting, I, I one night took to Twitter and I tweeted something, which I then later deleted in the morning when I saw the backlash I was getting. I wrote something along the lines of, "We have." We, we don't necessarily have a gun crisis in this country. We have a mental health problem in this country. Well, um, what's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? I don't no, know. I, maybe it was bad. You? Maybe it was maybe it was bad timing. I was getting I was getting killed from from everyone from both sides of the aisle, Jews, non-Jews. Like, how can you say this? And to be honest, I think it's kind of true. Like, there is a mental health problem in this country, and and. It's the people who who get their hands on these guns, you know, that that we have to really. You don't think so? You know the fun, why? You know, you know is is that is that cancel? Am I cancelable if I say that 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 I'm not saying guns aren't a problem? You know, I think again, there's two problems: there's guns and there's a mental health problem. But without no, there's three. Problems. I think I think so, I think someone who who intends to do bad will do bad, gun or no gun. Whether it's a knife, whether it's a different way of doing it, whether it's pushing someone on a on, on in front of a train, you, you could take away the gun, but the person's still going to do bad. What about what about all the knives? You know, what about all the knives that people uh, uh, commit crimes with and kill people uh, by stabbing them? All the gun control advocates, once there's a stabbing murder, they don't say a word. They just go on to the next story. They don't want to mention it because that's a that's a big problem. I was in a store today. I was in a Jamaica store today in Jerusalem, and I was looking all around. Every place I looked, there was hollow knives all, all around me, you know, and that's yeah. here. And if you have any other uh, intent other than to slice a piece of hollow, it could, potentially could be a problem. So, so, so that's you agree with me then that our issue is is why are people – why are people wanting to do these crazy things? And we should be addressing that. And I think that's sort of why the Rebbe oh, wanted, oh. why the, why the Lubavitch Rebbe wanted a moment of silence in all of all yeah. the public schools, Jews, non-Jews, is that people could have some introspection and they could think in their soul and and just like you know think to themselves and and you know better themselves. I think, I think I think the answer to the simple answer to why crazy people do crazy things is because they're crazy. And uh, and and it's and it's a big mental it's like it's a big mental health issue. No matter where you, no matter what city in the world you you, life is very hard on people, and it uh, and and sometimes it crushes them and it makes them do uh, do crazy things. 
Okay, well, you know what? People could chime in on this conversation by signing up to our WhatsApp status. Uh, the link is in the description, or you can email us and we go feature your feedback on tomorrow morning's episode. You can email us at the daily thread at meaningfulminute.org. We'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to see a review from you, a rating, and we will see you again tomorrow. Okay, have, have a good one. night, everybody. Thank you.